From the capital city, I'm Ken Smith. U.S. Senator Dan Sullivan was on Action Line. He discussed the TikTok hearings he's been spearheading. You know, we got to wake up to this, what I refer to as this new era of authoritarian aggression led by Xi Jinping and China and Putin and in Russia and understanding technology, how it benefits us, but the risks of it is also uh, something that I think is really important and certainly worthy of a hearing and further action in the Congress if it's warranted. He says his concerns go beyond just federal and state workers using their cell phones and using TikTok, but also the country as a whole and its youth. I think it's also important to look at, all right, if this is such an important and um, widely used device for, say, American youth, are there risks there that we need to be aware of, even beyond, say, government use at the state level or federal level and um you know the ability to manipulate um algorithms to influence uh young americans i think is something we need to look at so these are all the issues that i think are worthy of a hearing and that's why i've called for it and i'm hoping that we have a hearing soon on this in the commerce committee as well as other committees of jurisdiction in the u.s senate he also talked about the need for icebreakers in the Arctic. We work with the Trump administration, and then the Biden administration picked up the mantle in a, in a good way to say, all right, well, we're going to buy one as we wait to build them. So we got that going, and then um, I worked very closely with the leadership of the Coast Guard saying, hey, that, new, that one that you purchased, that needs to be placed in America's Arctic. That needs to be home ported in Alaska. Where else would you put an icebreaker for America? He says it should be home ported in Juneau, and he adds it was disappointing that it was not funded in this omnibus bill, and it was unexpected. At the end of the day, we're like, hey, where's the funding for our icebreaker? It's going to go to Juneau. It got stripped out. Still trying to figure out why. We're still now working really hard to make sure that this is included in this year's budget of the Biden administration, um, like we got it in last year's budget uh, of the Biden administration. So um, we're, this issue's not at all dead. We're going to keep working it like we have been relentlessly. But to be honest, this was a little bit of a setback, and it was a frustration the city and borough of Juneau Parks and Recreation Department is opening summer shelter reservations Monday, January 30th at 8 a.m. Summer shelter reservations are available April 15th through September 15th, cost $30 per hour plus tax. Reservations can be made online starting January 30th. Summer shelter reservations can also be made in person starting January 30th at the Parks and Recreation main office in City Hall or by emailing the form. Although registering online offers a greater chance of securing your desired date and time. If a shelter is not reserved, it is still available for public use on a first-come, first-served basis. Principals in Juneau, the Juneau Community Charter School, selected Gail Brown to be its next principal. JCCS is a kindergarten through eighth grade school in the Juneau School District where students learn in multi-grade classrooms and small class sizes. It's a public charter school directed by an academic policy committee of parents and teachers. Brown will also serve as principal for the Juneau School District Homebridge Homeschool Program. 
And the Juno School District announced that Eric Filardi will be the next Mendenhall River Community School principal. Filardi has worked as an educator in Alaska for nine years. He is currently in his third year as principal teacher at Anderson School in Anderson, Alaska, and works as an education technician and science interpreter for the U.S. Department of Interior at Denali National Park and Preserve. Coming up on News of the North, a story we've been following closely, the Kodiak Tanner Crabbers. They're still in negotiations, holding tight. We'll have a labor report for you. Jobs are looking up 2.1% from December of last year. Sitka had some high winds and destruction in its city over the weekend. And though we have a lot of snow and rain in Alaska, they're not seeing much of it elsewhere in the country. Welcome back to News of the North. Tanner crab fishermen in Kodiak met Sunday night in their ongoing negotiations with processors. The latest round of negotiations has the price at $3.25 per pound. But Kevin Abina, secretary and treasurer of the Kodiak Crab Alliance Cooperative, says they decided to continue standing down. He says in other parts of the state, crab fishermen have come to an agreement with the processors. The, the Peter Pan fishermen down in King Cove area, they are fishing right now. They've settled for 325, 325 plus profit sharing. Uh, open book profit sharing is what Peter Pan offered to them, and they accepted, and they are fishing both the South Peninsula and the Chignik area. And, uh, and we're supportive of them. We're, we're glad. They, met, they, they made an agreement with their local processor that, they are, uh, that they're satisfied with. He says it boils down to profit sharing just like the other fishermen have received. The King Cove guys, they could settle it. it. They're in a situation with profit sharing, so that means whatever whatever Peter Pan sells that crab for, anything in excess, the profits will be shared, 55-45, 55% to the fishermen. Um, and uh, it's a situation that allows the fishermen to share the risk. If that crab sells for $9 a pound, they're likely to get $3.75. If it sells for more than that, the fishermen will get more than that. So, And that's what we're advocating for around here. We feel that, uh, that we, should, we should have a share of the profits being made on this crab. A guaranteed share. It's, it's, it's about a guarantee. Abina says the Kodiak crabbers are not in a rush to settle, with the season closing March 31st. I feel like there's more pressure on the processor side. They've got a lot more coming up in the coming months. Fishing starting, more cod fishing, halibut, black cod. Um, we have more time. Granted, we have a lot of boats that participate in those fisheries, so... If these boats are tied up waiting for a tanner crab fishery to open, then they aren't going to be participating in those fisheries. Um, Maybe some of them will, maybe some of them won't. December jobs are up 2.1% from December of 2021, but are still below pre-pandemic levels. At a Labor and Commerce Committee meeting on Friday, Dr. Tamika Ledbetter, Commissioner of the Department of Labor and Workforce Development, was a presenter. She spoke on the broad reach of the department throughout the state. It includes locations of services, particularly with our 14 job centers, the services that we administer within our department and the different divisions that are providing those services. Our reach covers from Ketchikan to Utiavik. We have Alaska Vocational Technical Center, which is Aztec and Seward. We also provide funding to the eight regional TVET recipients. There are 27 step grantees, there are eight construction academies, and there are many private uh, training providers as well that we are partnering with. So our reach is large and is strong. Ledbetter also says new doors were opened over the pandemic through telework. A a better job of promoting the services that are uh, administered by our staff there at um, vocational rehabilitation. 
Essentially, their role is to assist individuals with disabilities to obtain and to maintain employment. One of the uh, things that we realized throughout the pandemic is during that time, individuals with disabilities had an increase in job opportunities. Telework really particularly helped to expand those opportunities. And because of the advancements of technologies for the visually and hearing impaired and motor skill impaired, there are new doors being opened, opportunities for these individuals. She says child care is the industry that was most impacted by a labor shortage in Alaska. There are things that we absolutely must do now in order to facilitate support to that industry. I think we need to certainly professionalize child care. I think we need to stop calling it uh, daycare. I think we probably should beef up the wages in that industry. And we need to look at it as if we are not only supporting the current workforce, but we're also training up the future workforce because those young people, those children who see and experience their parents working, they probably are more inclined to lean into employment as well. Over the year, gains were largest in leisure and hospitality, transportation, warehousing and utilities, and local government. Over the weekend, high winds and rain hit Sitka hard, resulting in some damage including the A and B harbor sign blown down, a light came off a light pole, and windows of a downtown business were broken, and a tree fell on a house. More damage is being assessed by city officials. Here in Alaska, we've seen plenty of snow throughout the state. However, in the rest of the country, snow has all but been absent. Here's ABC's Derek Dennis with this report. Where's the snow? That's what many are asking in parts of the South, the Midwest, and the Northeast. New York City with no accumulating snow this winter. Chicago, only six inches of snow so far when the normal average snowfall is about 17 inches in a given winter. Baltimore, no measurable snow. Milwaukee, less than nine inches. The least amount of snow in a decade for that city when it normally gets nearly two feet. So what gives? Experts say climate change is keeping the snow away. Warmer temperatures overall above freezing, making storms that would normally bring snow mostly rain events. Derek Dennis, ABC News. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. I'm Ken Smith for News of the North.